Star Wars 7x7 episode 731. Today is the first of our two-part interview with Amy Ratcliffe of Full of Sith, a freelance writer for all things Star Wars, and the first female host of a Star Wars celebration stage. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and I am coming at you from Balance Skelligs, Ireland. Yes, indeed, we have landed. The entire family is shacked up here for a week. Scorekeeper Declan, Quizmaster Joe, and Brainstormer Lonnie, we are all together for some rest and relaxation and hopefully some time to get on a boat and check out Skellig Michael as well before we hop on over across the pond to England and get ready for Star Wars Celebration Europe. And speaking of Star Wars Celebration Europe, I had a chance to talk with Amy Ratcliffe, who's going to be hosting the the behind-the-scenes stage at Celebration Europe this year. She is, as I mentioned at the top, as far as we know, the only female to ever host a Celebration stage. We've been casting our minds back to Celebration's past and nobody else jumping out. So it's quite a wonderful time to have the first female host of Celebration, especially in light of all the wonderful inroads that we are having with female heroes in the Star Wars universe right now. And I got a chance to talk with her while she was on the west coast of the United States, and I was actually in Galway, Ireland at the time, and connected via Skype. And this is the first half of our conversation. Amy Ratcliffe, thank you so much for joining us on Star Wars 7x7. Thank you for having me. It's uh, great to talk to you again. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since Celebration Anaheim, actually, I guess, since we've chatted in real time, at least. Oh, yeah, it has been that long. Yeah. Sorry, that's my coffee maker beeping in the background. I don't know (laughs) if you heard that. (laughs) I did hear it, but that's okay. For everybody listening, um, I'm actually in Galway, Ireland right now at 6 p.m. locally here, and I'm catching Amy on the West Coast where it's, uh, what, 10 a.m. over there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so (laughs) we're on opposite sides of the day. I'm ready for a beer, actually. I I wouldn't turn down a beer, honestly. <laughs> well, that's it's almost lunchtime. <laughs> See, that's what's awesome about being able to control the conditions of your work, as as you and I both do. Um, I mean, you are a freelance writer, full time freelance writer. You are literally living the dream life. You are a writer supporting yourself by your writing. Yeah, and it's pretty wild. Sometimes I, I don't know. Like sometimes it, you're job even when it's your passion is your job and you have bad days but when those days come up I try to remind myself that essentially I make a good portion of my living writing about Star Wars and that's not so bad no (laughs) really in the scheme of things I'm pretty I don't want to say lucky that's not the right word because I work really hard but things have lined up Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm constantly grateful for it blessed for sure at least Yes, that's a better, yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah, definitely. And is Star Wars the only fandom you write about? No, I write about um, a variety of other things. I write a lot about television in general. That's kind of my other, kind of, I don't want to, hmm, yeah, that's a, that's a, the other part of what I usually spend my days on. It's between Star Wars and television, and I write a lot about DC Comics television. When those, uh, when all their shows are airing, I do 
columns for dccomics.com about the Easter eggs in each, like in Flash or Legends. Mm-hmm. You know, if they mention a street name, that's a creator, or they bring in a character from the comics, like those kind of things. So once he, like right now, is kind of nice because I can fill my schedule and like I don't have to. Like I enjoy watching television, but when you have to watch it, it just becomes a little more of a not a chore. But I'm so I'm enjoying my summer vacation right now to catch up on <laughs> right. what I call like my vacation TV that I don't have to write about, like Jane the Virgin mm-hmm. or The Hundred. Um, but yeah, I spend spend a lot of time writing about comic book television. Well, this is a banner time for you to be doing it then, because they've got three different shows on the CW, and then Supergirl's coming over to the CW in the fall too, I believe. It is, and it's wild. I think actually Monday through Thursday, maybe. Maybe even Monday through Friday. No, it's Monday through Thursday. No, Friday, because iZombie. Um, anyway, every night on the CW is anchored with a comic book television series. Wow. wow. Which is, and that's just the CW, not counting S.H.I.E.L.D. and the stuff on Netflix or Powerless. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, that's the PlayStation uh, one, right? Oh, um, no, Powerless no, that's, is that's, a, diff- yeah, that's a different one. Yeah, but then Powers and also, like, Walking Dead and Preacher, like... Mm-hmm. Outcast. It's kind of bizarre sometimes when I think about. I used to be able to make a list or maybe count on one hand the shows on television that were influenced by comic books, but now I can't even keep them straight without, you know, referencing the <laughs> internet. So, are you able to? You mentioned looking for um, street names that might be Easter eggs because they're part of the creators. You know, one of the creators is named after the street, or the street's named after the creator, or somebody that works on the show. Are you in contact with the? the showrunners or somebody with with the shows that are like feeding you these easter eggs to write about or is this just your inherent knowledge and research that is able to help bring those about or bring those to the fore it's all research i have access to screeners so i get to watch the episodes early so it's not you know watching them while they air and Mm -hmm. it's just paying really close attention and i i admit that i don't have an encyclopedia why i don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of much because my memory is terrible so even though i know star wars really well I like don't hold on to trivia. (laughs) That's what Wikipedia is for. Exactly. I mean, that's what I think the lines in the last Indiana Jones movie where his dad is just like, well, that's why I wrote it down. So I didn't have to remember. And that's kind of (laughs) how I feel Mm -hmm. about a lot of things. So it's a lot of like, I hear a name and if I don't immediately recognize it, I make notes, Mm -hmm. like just kind of anything that could be an Easter egg. And then I go dig around and research after I'm done watching or if I can't quite figure it out, like I have a couple contacts, um, my editor that I work with at DC Comics, you know, and he'll ask if he can go ask the TV people and sometimes they'll tell us and sometimes they won't. Um, so it's, it's kind of a fun, it's kind of a fun game actually. To, it's like, because I feel like it's a challenge to like, just find them all. Right. So I enjoy, I really enjoy doing those. Now, how long have you been writing about Star Wars specifically or any Star Wars related topics? Let's see. I started my own blog, Geek with Curves, in like around uh, 2009-ish, I think. Oh, wow. And I wrote some Star Wars stuff in there. But I remember my first writing gig that was not on my website that, that didn't pay and should have. But I was, I was young <laughs> and I didn't know better. was writing about Clone Wars for Newsarama. I wrote uh, recaps. And I forget. I think that was around season... Season three, maybe. So maybe two thousand ten ish or so. Two thousand eleven yeah, in there. Some somewhere in that neighborhood. So that's when I started writing about it for, you know, other other sites. Right. And then um, a couple of years later, you decide to just jump in and and go full bore freelance and no other safety net. 
Yeah, exactly. When I started writing uh, my blog, I started picking up, like I said, slowly other gigs. And I worked, you know, it was a lot of work. I would work my, my day job at the time was very intense. I worked in a pet with a pet food manufacturer and did quality control and logistics. And that was easily a 60, 70 hour a week job. And then I would come home every evening and write. And I got pretty burnt out and pretty tired. But eventually I was able to build up enough writing gigs to support myself and then leave the day job behind. That is fantastic. And when did you start with Full of Sith? That's a great question that I do not remember the answer to. <laughs> um, I know I was going to start when they, when they first started the podcast, they asked me about it. And I'm like, every week is, that's a commitment to mm-hmm. do a podcast every week. For me, I, so many of, so many of you do it uh, and I can't, I don't like, I don't know, weekly things on my schedule, like they have to be at a certain time, like stress me out. So <laughs> I said no at first. And then eventually they had Concetta as a, a, a wonderful co-host, Concetta Parker. Right. She's amazing. Um, but she couldn't, like she had to leave the show because her schedule got busier. And I, and I stepped in and they're flexible with me in that I don't have to be there every week. I try to be there every week, but I don't also, because we record on the weekends. But I also, like, I don't schedule my weekends around recording full of stuff. Like, if something comes up, something comes up. And they're nice about it for now. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're actually doing two because now you're doing lattes with Leia, I believe, as well, right? Exactly. What sold me on that is, you know, Dan at Coffee with Kenobi approached me about possibly doing one. And I'm like, well, it's just once a month. And it's with my dear friend, Dre Letamendi, who is local to Los Angeles. And it we record, it's one of the rare instances we like in a podcast where I get to sit across from her and we record together. So besides recording an episode of a podcast about Star Wars, which we talk about anyway, it's like I get a, it's a set date that I will see my friend every month that we, you know, we figure out at the beginning of the month our schedules. Mm-hmm. So, and I just, I, I love full of Sith that Lattes with Leia is I'm sitting there with one of my best friends talking about Star Wars and I look forward to it every single month. We have a really good time. Plus, Dre is so smart. Like, she always she always gives me new things to think about. She's a degreed, like, I think if I rem- remember right reading the description, she's a degreed person. I'm sorry to say I have not listened to it yet. Emphasis on the yet, but I do. <laughs> it's on my phone ready to listen to. Um, oh, yeah. She, yeah, she's a clinical psychologist. That's it. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was psychologist or psychiatrist. Okay. Got it. And so, um, yeah, there was a, a Star Wars psychology book that came out earlier this year, too. I don't suppose she was part of that by chance. Uh, she was not. Ah, actually. that's too bad. Yeah, it is too bad because she, she knows her stuff. <laughs> and been a fan for quite a while as well as you, know, as you have, I would imagine. Yes, definitely. Maybe even longer, actually. So you've been uh, freelance writing for about two years or so, and then you also write, of course, for StarWars.com and Star Wars Insider Magazine. And now you actually are making a huge leap from behind the computer to full on the stage with Star Wars Celebration, which is super exciting. It is exciting. It's a little nerve-wracking because for the longest time, and it's weird, like in this day and age, like I can absolutely continue to be a writer, but video content is becoming more and more important for outlets like Nerdist. Not that they're asking freelancers to contribute, but it's just a good skill. Like being comfortable on video and be comfortable hosting is a good skill to have in your wheelhouse. And it's not something I've been terribly comfortable with. I'm pretty shy. I don't like to be on camera. I'm very self-conscious. But I started like I started easing into it 
you know, when I started working with IGN at Comic-Con probably three or four years ago now, you know, you do press lines for them and those are on camera, but it's just your hand holding the microphone. It's not your face. So I totally like started doing more and more stuff in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And then I got to host the Star Wars Rebels season two finale Q&A. When was that? The end of March, I guess, or the beginning of April. And it was on the Disney lot and I hosted a Q&A after the episodes aired with Dave Filoni and Simon Kinberg, it, which is, it, it's a little intimidating. Was that the first and, time you'd met either of them? Uh, no, which is good. I, I'd, I'd interviewed them both before. I thought so. But just, okay. Yeah, but just in that setting, after mm-hmm. coming off those really emotional episodes. And then Ashley Eckstein and Taylor Gray came up too. So I, I don't know of this for sure, but I feel like in some ways that was like an audition for Celebration hosting, even though I didn't know it. Yeah, that's what I was ex- just going to ask you. So I assume that that happened then before they asked you for Celebration? Yeah. So before that had happened, my contact at Lucasfilm had mentioned, she's like, I want to ask you something about Celebration. And that she mentioned that at the same time she brought up hosting, but she's like, I want you to get through this Q&A first. So I don't I don't know that it was an audition, but I feel like if I if I would have bombed the Q and A, I might not I might not have got another phone call about <laughs> celebration. But you did get the phone call. Would you mind you know telling us about that? Like how did how did this come up? Well, you know my PR contact at Lucasfilm I've worked with since the Clone Wars, uh, Tracy Canobio, and we've had a good relationship. And you know, in some ways, I, I it's weird now to look back. Like if I run into like Dee Bradley Baker or Ashley Eckstein, anybody that was on the Clone Wars. I've run into them at Rebels events. It's like seeing like old friends because right. I've just worked with them. So like done so many interviews and events and things over the years. So they just bottomed me and I don't know, you know, I'm the first that's long overdue. There've been several celebrations and no, no female stage shows. And it was something I noticed people commented on at the last celebration on you know on social media and rightly so mm-hmm. and actually that celebration it was all all the hosts were white males and they're all uh, david collins i hugely respect james Ronald taylor's obviously great but changing it up is good so i don't know if they intentionally i think they did put some thought and realize like oh we need a female stage host and i'm just glad my name was was on the list and once tracy knew i was interested because it is a lot of work like i'm not gonna see much of the convention because I'm going to be on my stage every day for most of the day. Oh yeah. Uh, and there are rehearsals like the day before rehearsals early in the morning before the show starts. So with, and then all the prep work, right. For interviewing some panelists will have their own presentations that they just want to run and I'm hands off, mm-hmm. but others it's, you know, I'm essentially mod- like moderating the panel. So it's a lot of prep work. So, the- so it's, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, so there's probably almost a divide within you where, you know, the fan and, and podcasting side of you is almost thinking, oh, gosh, maybe I, sh- I don't want to do this because of all the things I'm going to miss out on that I would have experienced otherwise. But but of course, you're going to say yes to something like that. Of course. Exactly. That's exactly what I went through in my head. I'm like, man, because even if I was going to this convention as press, I still see a lot of panels. Like I see the things I want to see. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't say no to this opportunity. Yeah, and for it to be the the first woman to do it, it it seems shocking somehow that that's really the case. But it's it you know it's just one of those strange things that gosh, why did this take so long? And you know, how head smackingly obvious it should have been. And maybe it's just um, 
I mean, maybe it's a sign of the times, or maybe it's Lucasfilm, you know, finally realizing, hey, you know what, we actually have, you know, strong women that we're featuring in our movies and in the stories that we're telling now. Maybe we, you know, need to clean up of these other areas where we don't have, um, you know, strong women representing the franchise and representing the best of Lucasfilm in in these other areas, like with Celebration. And I think that's very possible. I think we've definitely made a lot of progress, like you said, on film and in the television series. It's been a slow burn, but I think Lucasfilm is really, I think they're making forward steps. And I think this is a match to that. Absolutely. It does seem, it does seem interesting how, I mean, even, you know, when you look at just voting rights in the United States, you know, first it was white men, then it was black men, then it was women finally getting the right. So it almost seems like there's a, you know, historical process repeating in a way. Yeah, you're right. It kind of goes in ripples. And finally, once it happens, you're like, how did that, how did that take so long? Right. Why wasn't this obvious to everybody that we, so I think we'll get there. We're getting closer to it with fandom, but there's still room, Mm -hmm. room to move forward. Oh yeah. I mean, it's boggling that women have not been able to vote in the U.S. for a hundred years yet. That's, that still just blows my mind. Absolutely. I, Wow. 1920. I didn't realize that's what those numbers were. That's that's bananas. I know. 1920, yeah. It's only been 96 years. I mean, how is that possible? Yeah. It took us a while there, didn't it? Yes, yeah. it did. Uh, yeah. But I, I mean, it's, I guess it's nice to be living in a more enlightened time. <laughs> that is so true for many reasons. Oh, yeah. Including flush toilets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Which I've been wondering about, funnily enough, like, I, I don't know whether bidets are common in Ireland or anything like that, but I've been, I've been looking forward to finding my first bidet. I figure it's more of a European thing than a U.S. thing, but I haven't come across one yet. Yeah, I'm surprised. Is it more of an Australian thing than a European thing? I don't know. I guess I always I thought it was a French thing. I thought maybe, maybe it was a continental thing, perhaps. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. It well, keep both. me posted. <laughs> <laughs> if I come across one, I'll let you know. Well, you've been to London before. You were telling me before we started recording, so um, which, of course, is where Celebration is happening this year, but I take it no bidets in London. Uh, not that I encountered, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to stop it right there and tune in tomorrow for the rest of our interview with Amy Ratcliffe. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Oh, yeah. Let's do a trivia question here, okay? Red squad. Blue squad. Take my lead. I'm on it. Last time we asked you what Finn leaves behind him as he walks through the desert of Jakku, and that's pieces of his stormtrooper uniform. Today's question, how many people send BB-8 away from them in order to keep the map to Luke Skywalker out of the hands of the First Order? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you try to rescue the Chancellor, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. 
And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash sw7x7. It's not a scheme by a grievous, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars. I'm my son. We hope you love it.